We're going to be talking a series of messages in the next few Wednesday nights on what happens at death. And there are so many different ideas of what happens when a loved one passes on. There are those that think when they leave this world that they become angels. Well, they wasn't angels here, and they won't be angels there. They may be an angel to you, but the truth is human beings will never have wings like an angel. We will be like Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christians will be. In the same similitude as when he raised from the dead. God created us to live forever. When God made Adam and Eve, he made them to live forever. That's why your body rejuvenates on a regular basis. Every cell in your body recreates, repairs. And I had a doctor tell me years ago, if we can keep someone alive long enough, the body will repair itself. And I said to the doctor, correction, God will repair the body. Now, sometimes the body is so, it cannot be reversed. It's so damaged that the body falls asleep. And so I want to talk to you about the difference between the body sleeping and the soul living and the spirit of life being returned to God the Father who gave it. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. I'm going to share one verse, verse 36, with you, and then we're going to go other places, and I'll move pretty fast. Jesus Christ corrected a lot of things that was misunderstood in the Old Testament. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ corrected a lot of things that was misunderstood in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. It does not have all the revelation that we need concerning death. The New Testament does. And Jesus brought to us the revelation of death and life through his death and resurrection from the dead. And so I want you to understand some things that's very important because the Old Testament, you don't go to the Old Testament and try to figure out what happens after someone dies. Because the Old Testament will just take you to the grave. That's as far as it goes. The Old Testament just takes you to the grave. They did not distinguish in the Old Testament the difference between the soul and the body. In the Old Testament, when someone died, they would say, well, they go to the grave. In the Old Testament, all they had light of is the life of a person would return to the Father, God the Creator who gave it, and the soul and the body would go to the grave. That's only, that is the only information they had until Jesus showed up. And Jesus gave us incredible information about the difference between the body, the soul, and the spirit. He gave us some beautiful things about life after death. And in this verse 36, gives us kind of a hint to some of the corrections he made, Jesus made. Now, he didn't contradict the Old Testament. The last place you want to go to is Ecclesiastes to figure out what happens after death. 
Solomon was a backslidden old sexual pervert. When he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he wrote it on the mindset of man without God. And when he talked about death, it was finale, it was done, it was over, and you went to the grave. The Old Testament looked at this as when someone dies, the lost and the saved went to Sheol, the grave. They figured that everybody went to the grave, and everybody sleeps in the grave until the great resurrection day. And that also was the opinion of Job and the other prophets in the Old Testament. Jesus, however, distinguishes the difference between the body and the soul. They didn't, they didn't speak about the difference between the body and the soul. They just thought the body and the soul both went, both went to the grave. But let me show you what Jesus Christ said in verse 36 of chapter 8 of Mark. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now we know that everyone in this room, including myself, one day will lose our body. So Jesus is saying the body and the soul are not the same thing. The soul of man is what that man or woman is. The soul of man is what loves, what gravitates to the things of God, what cares about others. The body just eats and sleeps and grows and grows and grows. At least mine does. The body is just a house in which the soul lives. And my spirit has been revived by the Spirit of God. So when this body dies, it doesn't really die. It just falls asleep into a deep sleep. The body goes into a sleep. And by the way, the Bible says that Jesus declared that death was sleep. It wasn't what we think of. And, and I've got some good news for everybody in this room. If you sleep a lot and wake up a lot, that's good that you wake up. But if you sleep a lot and wake up a lot, you're just practicing resurrection. You're just getting good practice. I've had almost 70 years of practicing resurrection. Going to sleep, resurrecting. My body is what sleeps, but my mind never sleeps. That's why you have good dreams, bad dreams. My soul never sleeps because that's me, that's you. I noticed last night, and this is a kind of a, a small illustration, but it gets the point across. I woke up in the night. I was sound asleep. I woke up in the night, and I was holding Judy's hand. Well, I was sound asleep. My body didn't say, go over there and hold her hand. While I was sleeping, my soul moved my hand, and I hand, held hands with my beloved, my wife. That was my soul in action. The soul is what loves. The soul is what hates. The soul is what makes you good or bad. The soul is the sum total of what you are. Your body is very little has very little to do with what you are. It's only a house you live in. 
I'm going to make a few announcements, a few statements tonight. And uh, everybody talks about, you know, how old you are. And what if I was to tell you no one really knows how old they are? No one does. And the reason no one really knows how old they are is because we should not measure age by our birthday, but we should measure age by our death day. So if someone dies young, they died a young person. Some don't have a long span of life. They'll die sooner than they realize because we should measure our age not by birthday but by death day. It's important that we understand that because I don't have, know how many days I have left. But whatever, how many days I have left, it is based on my death day, not my birthday. You got that? I hope you got that because I'm about to lay something on you big time. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this to judgment. So, Hebrews 9.27 says, we die by appointment. We have an appointment to die. And God has already scheduled your appointment to die. Your appointment was scheduled when you were born, or actually before you were ever born. Before you ever existed, God had an appointed day you would be born and an appointed day that you would die. You have an appointment to die. And you will not cancel that appointment. The only time that appointment will be totally canceled, it will be by King of Kings and Lord of Lords when we're caught up to meet Jesus in the air and we escape death. That's the only way that that appointment's going to be stopped. Jesus is the only one that can stop it. I've already said some things that needed to be said. I'm going to say a few more things. You can't always believe something in NBC News. Used to you could believe what the news said, but anymore you can't believe a thing they say. But NBC News did a special on death. And scientists have discovered that when someone dies physically, the brain goes into hibernation mode. They said that was a great breakthrough because the brain goes into hibernation mode, a survival mode. And I want you to understand that that's just God rebooting your brain so you don't lose it all when you go. Hello? That's just God, when you get ready to die, he reboots your brain, hibernates your brain, holds it steady until the angels can carry you home. So how do you believe that? Well, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus Christ said, Lazarus died and the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. So we know that when someone dies, the angels come and take them to Abraham's bosom. That was in the Old Testament. Jesus referred to that as an Old Testament experience. Today, we don't go to paradise. We go to, straight to heaven 
angels escort us straight into the presence of Jesus Christ. We don't go down into paradise in the heart of the earth, down in the lower bowels of the earth among the dead of the region of the dead, but we are taken by angels into the very presence of heaven, into the very presence of God. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross, went to the tomb, went down to the uh, paradise side, ripped it all out, and took the saints home to be with God, his Father, and heaven. I want you to listen to me very carefully. NBC, when they said the brain goes into hibernation mode, that just struck a chord with me because I realized that God is saying it's not over when the body quits beating, the heart quits beating, the body quits breathing. It's not over. God boots the brain. It goes into hibernation mode so that God takes everything you are, your soul, into his presence. Now you say, well, preacher, what if that's not true? Well, if it's not true, I'll tell you what is true. The angels will carry you, if you're a Christian, into the presence of God the moment your body falls into deep sleep. Now let me begin by simply saying tonight that the body is the only thing of you that goes to sleep. Your body is the only thing of you that goes sleep. Goes to sleep. Sometimes your legs go to sleep when I'm preaching too long. But when you're sleeping in the bed, your body is sleeping deep. Even in a deep sleep, your soul is still subconsciously aware of what's going on around you. Why? Because the soul never sleeps. And you don't die until the spirit that God gave you it's taken from you and back into heaven. And that's why Jesus Christ said, what should a prophet a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He didn't say, what should a prophet a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his body? We're going to do that. What we don't want to do is lose our soul. And I'm not going to lose my soul because my soul has been blood washed by the power of Jesus Christ. Woo! Now let me get into some of the nitty-gritty. There's 44 verses in the Bible that describe death as sleep. The death of the body as sleep. Not spirit, not your soul, but death as sleep. Stephen, who was stoned to death. In Acts chapter 7, verse 60, Stephen fell asleep. What's this? He, he said, Lord... Received my spirit, he fell asleep. Remember, Jesus Christ said in John 11, verse 11, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, sleepeth. Remember when the little girl was dead in the bed in Matthew chapter 9, verse 24. And Jesus Christ said, Little maid, I say unto thee, Arise. Here's what he said to them that made fun of him when he said, She's not dead, she only sleeps. He said, give place, for the little girl is not dead, but she sleepeth. Now, this is Jesus saying, death is sleep. King David, it says, fell on sleep. In Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The Lord said to Moses, behold, thou 
shalt sleep with thy fathers. Deuteronomy 31, verse 16. The psalmist says, if God doesn't deliver me physically, he said, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Psalm 13, verse 3. So we understand that the scripture is very clear that physical death is sleep. And sleep is temporal. It's not permanent. Meaning there will come a resurrection. There will be a new body. There will be new life. But what happens to you when you die? Your body goes to sleep, but you change locations. If Josh and I were to get up right now and go out that door and shut the door, we'd be out of sight. Because Josh and I have changed locations. We'd be out there in the parking lot. You couldn't see us and couldn't hear us. But that doesn't mean we're gone. It just means we're in a different location. And Jesus explains this very clearly, that when someone falls asleep, their body dies, they go to a different location. Isn't that good? We know in Luke chapter 16, the rich man died, and in hell he was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes in torments. He seeth Abraham afar off, and, and he sees Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. That's verse 19 to verse 31 of Luke 16. Jesus Christ said, let me give you a glimpse of life after death. He said there was a poor beggar named Lazarus. He, he's full of sores. He dies. Angels carry him. There's no mention of a burial. Angels carry him to paradise. Abraham's bosom. That's where all saints who believed in Jehovah God, that believed in the power of the Lamb, they went to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died, and he's not in Abraham's bosom. He's across in a great gulf fix, a great divide. And the rich man dies. He's buried. And in hell, his body's asleep, but his soul is in hell. And his soul sees, his soul, soul knows, his soul is aware of where he's at. I'm tormented in these flames. Please send Lazarus to my brothers. Now he cares. If you've got a loved one that has died, they didn't stop thinking about you. If you have a loved one, a child or a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, you have a loved one that died, they didn't stop thinking about you. In fact, they probably thinking about you even tonight. They still love you. They still care about you. Right now while I'm talking, their body may be asleep down here, but they're awake on the other side and they're thinking about you. Their love didn't stop. They still love you. If you have a wife that has fallen asleep in death, 
Your wife still loves you. If you have a husband that's fallen asleep in death, their physical body's asleep, but they still love you because their soul has never been disconnected from you. Why? Because they didn't die. Death is separation. The body is the only thing that has separated us from our mother, our father, our sons, and our daughters that their bodies has fallen asleep in death. Woo! Come on, somebody ought to get happy about that. There's all kinds of weird interpretations of soul sleep in which soul sleep is not true because you can read in Revelation chapter 6 and 7 where the souls under the altar talk to God. They're not asleep. And let me tell you, friends, someone says, well, they sleep in the presence of God. God's not a babysitter for a bunch of sleeping saints. (laughs) Pastor is, but not God. (laughs) Hello! You got to admit, that's pretty good. That's good. That's good. Unless you're asleep right now, that's bad. So paradise is where all the saints in the Old Testament went to that believed in the Lamb, that believed in the Messiah coming. The great golf fix, the place of torment, is where all the lost people went and that's in the Old Testament. The Old Testament only seen this, the grave. That's all they seen, the grave. One day God will raise people out of the grave. One day God will judge them in resurrection. And that's why the Old Testament always points to a general resurrection and always points to everybody goes to the grave. Jesus says, let me correct you. Only the body goes to the grave. Wow. Only the body goes to the grave. Only the body sleeps. The soul never sleeps. Now, your spirit is so intertwined with, the, with your soul that we'd have to say soul and spirit, but your life itself that God gives you goes back to God in, who, in whom gave it to you at your birth. At, in fact, at your conception, your mother's womb. There's a little spark of life that God gave you when you were conceived in your mother's womb. Now, let's look at some things, and I'm not going to keep you long, but I want to show you some great truths, because when you talk about people that believe, when you, when you think about people that believe in soul sleep, the first thing you think is, how did they come up with this? And if you'll listen to them, and trust me, I've listened to a bushel basket full this week, and they can't get out of the Old Testament. The only time they get out of the Old Testament is in Thessalonians chapter, first Thessalonians chapter 4, where it talks about that Jesus will bring with him those that sleep in Jesus. And they say, yeah, they went into the presence of God asleep. God's babysitting people sleeping. No, he don't. God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. God's not a babysitter for a bunch of sleeping saints. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're responding. (laughs) Trust me. If I stopped right now, you'd have to go home and say, wow. Because so many people go to Ecclesiastes, which is the wrong place to go. The book of Job is the wrong place to go because they did not have the revelation until the great revelator showed up and his name's Jesus Christ. They did not understand when someone died, 
All their fathers went to sleep together. When someone died, everyone went to the grave. And they had it in their mind that they sleep until judgment day. But that's not what Jesus Christ said. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Jesus said in Luke 16 that when the rich man died in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment. He was buried, lifted up his eyes in torment, wanted a drink of water. And he said, Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. Well, when did, when did God move paradise to heaven? When Jesus died on the cross, he went to the tomb. When he rose again from the dead, according to the fourth chapter of Ephesians, Jesus Christ led paradise to heaven as King of kings and Lord of lords. And until Jesus Christ died on the cross, until Jesus Christ came and died and rose again from the grave, every human being was marooned on this planet. And when they died, they went to a holding place. But thank God we are no longer marooned on this planet. We are citizens of heaven and we're headed home because of Jesus Christ. Let me do a little apologetics here. I don't mean I'm apologizing to you, but let me give you a little apologetics. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, remember the thief. We're talking about the thief that repented and said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Isn't that what the thief said to Jesus in Luke chapter 23, verse 43? He said, Lord, remember me in verse 42. And Jesus responds in verse 43 of Luke 23. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say in 2,000 years you'll be with me. He did not say in 5,000 years. He said today. When I close my eyes in death, my body goes to sleep, and you close your eyes in death, and your body goes to sleep, we'll be together in paradise. So by this simple statement, Jesus Christ said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. By that simple statement, we understand the graveyard is not paradise. Right? They have a cemetery out west of Springfield called Paradise. I've been there. People cry in that place. People are dead there. Their bodies rotting. Their bodies returning to dust. That's not paradise. That's not my idea of paradise. Going to sleep, not knowing what's going on. Waiting in the grave. That's not my idea of paradise. And so Jesus Christ says paradise is not the grave. Paradise is not being asleep physically. Paradise is being with me. And so the thief that cried, Lord, remember me when thou comest into paradise, that very day he was with Jesus Christ. 
He went back to heaven with all those that were trusting him, took them captive captive uh, into the presence of God, taking paradise there. And now when one of our loved ones dies, if they know Jesus Christ, if they put their trust in Jesus Christ, when one of our loved ones die, whether it's a child or whether it's an adult, no matter who they are, when someone, their body goes to sleep and you put that body in the grave, I want you to know if they put their trust in Jesus Christ, they will be with him. Because Jesus Christ is not a place, he's a person, and he is the presence of God. Paradise was a place where God kept his people. Paradise was a place where God protected his people. But Jesus Christ said, hey, I'm going to have you with me. And I want you to know, when you're with Jesus, it's paradise, no matter where you're at. See how odd people get concerning death, life after death. I don't know about you, but I've done preach myself happy. (laughs) Woo! Let's look at some verses. Paradise is not the graveyard. How many would agree paradise is not the graveyard? Paradise is where people are having fun. Paradise is where Jesus is. So now we don't go to paradise, we go to heaven where Jesus is. And that's better than paradise because we're not stuck. We're free to move in the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. That's called rapture. That's called translation transfigured into the presence of God. Did you know Paul talked about sleep, physical sleep, Apostle Paul? He talked about physical sleep. Talked about death, being sleep. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. Meaning Jesus Christ rose again from the grave so that the rest of us can have a brand new body risen from the grave. These are first fruits. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, that is this body, were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Well, Paul said, look at verse 5 of 2 Corinthians, verse 8. We are confident. I say, woo, we're confident. I say, church, I say to you, we're confident. I say, and willing. Wait a minute, willing? I haven't met too many people willing to die and and go out in the grave. Willing rather to be absent from the body I've never met anyone willing to be absent from the body. We got doctors to try to keep us around. We got medicine. We want to stay as long as we can. It's the preservation that God has put in our hearts and our life. But Jesus Christ, uh, Paul says, uh, I say willing, 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 willing. Rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. 
Now, some people say, well, that being present with the Lord is when you're just sleeping, you know, soul sleep. And once again, Jesus is not a babysitter for a bunch of sleeping saints. So we were, were willing to die in the body in order to be present with the Lord. Are you hearing me? Paul is speaking. Let's break this down. Let's, let's, let's use the peanut on top of our shoulders. Let's use our brain. Paul would not say, I'm confident, willing to die, willing for this body to go to sleep so that I can sleep for 10,000 years waiting for the Lord to come. What kind of idiot do you think Paul is? Why would he be willing to go to sleep for thousands of years waiting for the Lord to come? Because he doesn't sleep for 2,000 years waiting for the Lord to come. His body sleeps in the ground waiting for the Lord to come. But he's already wrapped his life and his soul in the arms of Jesus Christ, present with the Lord. I'm trying to answer your questions. What happens when someone dies? Peter talks about death being sleep. Apostle Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, knowing or know that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, that means the body, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. When did Jesus show him? Showed him there when they were having their discussion at the lake and the fish and Jesus said you're going to die and people are going to carry you when you get old and you're going to die and Peter's getting old here in chapter 1 of 2 Peter and he's saying I'm getting close to my tabernacle dying falling asleep wow I, I think all of us need to understand the importance of not being Deceived into thinking that we're just going to sleep till one day God's going to wake us up and judge us in a general judgment. That's not even Bible. That's the only insight the Old Testament saints had. But Jesus said that's not the way it works. Amen? Amen. I'm going to take you one more place and then we're going to give an invitation. Because I know some of you have loved ones that have went on to the other side. And, and it's important that you see the truth of these scriptures. We're going to go to, let's go to Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. You'll find it here. I didn't mark my spot. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. We're going to read some and just put it together here and see what it's saying. You found it? First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Body. Body. Them that are asleep, dead, that you sorrow not, even as others that have no hope. But if we believe, and I do, that Jesus died, and I do, and rose again from the dead, and I do, even so them which sleep 
in Jesus, God will bring with him. Well, who's sleeping in Jesus here in verse 14? People that died and are buried in a graveyard, they put their faith in Jesus Christ, their body sleeps in the faith of Jesus. Their body sleeps in their, their faith of who Jesus is. For, and so when Jesus brings them with him, when he comes in the clouds, when he brings them with him, then they must already be with him now. Come on. Jesus is not a grave digger. He's a grave conqueror. Amen. And notice what it says. If we believe Jesus Christ died and rose again, all them that we have planted in the graveyard. The Bible doesn't say we bury. The only time it says we bury someone, it's in the birth of a new birth in Romans chapter 6. We are buried with him in Christ. The only time we refer to bury, we bury our past. But when we talk about our future, we're planted or we're sown. When you plant something, you're planning on it coming up. Amen. I've got some turnips sowed and I'm planning on some turnips. Planting. And if the deer get them, I'm going deer hunting before deer season. Just call me Elmer Thud. I'm going after Elmer Fudd. Now, look at verse 15. For this we say by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, that you and I remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. That's the grave, those that are sleeping in the grave. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, there it is, Those that have died in Christ to the blood of Christ, given their heart, died to their past life, those that have died in Christ, then we which are alive, they'll be caught up, then we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up together into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And what kind of comfort is it to think your loved one is in a grave being eaten by worms? It's not comfort. They don't know. They, those that have died, went to sleep physically, they don't know what's going on here. Just like when you're sleeping, you don't know what's going on. And they're sleeping, they don't know what's going on here. They're in a deep sleep. They're asleep down here. They're asleep to us. We can't talk to them. We don't visit with them. They're asleep to us. But they're awake up there. They're awake with Jesus. You say, you say, well, I don't know what they're doing over there. And they don't know what you're doing down here. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Well, let me say this. The Bible says in Luke 15 that when someone gets saved, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. So I do think there's times when God will send word to a loved one in heaven. Hey, you're Cousin got saved today. I think there'll be times that God will give big news will come across heaven streets and God will give news flashes to us. But let me say real quickly, if we had all the news that we have down here in heaven, it wouldn't be heaven. That's right. That's right. 
And just as God protects us when we're asleep physically in the graveyard, there's nothing anybody can do to you when your body's asleep in the graveyard. Pneumonia can't get you. They can't even give you them shots for COVID. (laughs) If you're in the grave, you don't even have to wear a mask. (laughs) Nothing can touch you because you're in the grave. And so Jesus allows you to be with him, and then again, nothing can touch you there either. And I think only God allows certain things to be told to our loved ones that's went on before us. And I believe God pretty much decides what they know and what they don't know of what's going on down here on planet Earth. Amen? Amen. We'll get in next Wednesday night about, will we be husband and wife in heaven? We're going to get into that next Wednesday night. I love my wife so much. I just want to be married with her forever and ever and ever, ever. Well, good for you. But there's a million others that, I don't want to be married to her another day. (laughs) Amen? I heard of a preacher. He was telling it... um, um, he was talking about doing a funeral service, and uh, Gary Hamrick was just, I was listening to him talking about it, and he said, I was trying to comfort this wife, and they were at the casket, and her husband there asleep, and, and me and my wife, Gary had it, him and his wife said to the woman, I bet you're having trouble sleeping at night. He said, no, I'm sleeping Good. Well, pry your mouth open, get your foot out. Not everybody feels the same. The truth is, and I don't want to get into next Wednesday night's message, we're not going to be married in heaven except to Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be a sensual, sexual thing. It's going to be a relational thing. A holiness, a sweet thing. We will be married to Jesus Christ. And if you're going to be married to Jesus Christ, there's no room for your wife or husband. Well, can we be friends? Well, yeah. I don't think you're allowed to not be friends in heaven. Now I'm getting into my sermon. But anyway, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll digress. I want to say to everybody in this room, If you have a loved one that has died, they know about you. They remember you. They love you. They think of you. And they want you to come where they are. That is if they're in the proper place. The rich man man did not want them to come where he was. Luke 16. So when your loved one died, it doesn't mean they quit loving you. It doesn't mean they quit embracing you. It doesn't mean they didn't quit. It doesn't mean they quit knowing you. They're just in another location. And and I could probably say they're they're heaven sick for you to come. They want you to come. They're in heaven, they want you to come. But we won't be husband and wife, or we'll be brothers and sisters, but in a different way. 
We won't have wings like angels. And we won't have halos. We'll be like Jesus if we go to heaven. And we'll be just like the disgusting people we are if we go to hell. Nothing changes. But when you go to heaven, you change. Isn't that good? My dad has been gone for, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing he's been gone probably 45 years. 44, 45. And I still miss him. But he knows me where he's at. He thinks of me and I think of him. One day I'll see him again. Why? He just took a trip. He's not gone. He's just on another location. His body sleeps in the Ozark Cemetery. My mom the same way. Their body sleeps. But their soul has never checked out on me. Their soul has never checked out on their loved ones. And that's why it's important that we go to heaven so that we can keep that which God has given us in this life. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Our soul never sleeps and our soul lives on. The spirit that God gives us for life goes back to heaven. I believe the spirit of man is intertwined with our soul. So there's a combination there. God gave us the combo size. We're hooked together. And death doesn't tear us apart. It simply relocates us to wait till each one of us gather on the other side to be with them. You know, Thessalonians chapter 4 says, The Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout. When he comes, we're not to sorrow as others do that have no hope. We need to know that them that sleep in Christ will he bring with him, meaning he'll bring their soul with him. He'll bring them with him. And those that sleep in the grave, he'll give them a brand new body. And he'll put that soul back in that perfect body. And they'll be caught up in the clouds, and we'll be caught up, changed into the clouds, and we'll get to meet them, hug their necks. It'll be a great reunion, a great gathering. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Josh, come bring song. I went a little longer than I should have tonight, but I really wanted you to have an understanding of death. You can't get a proper understanding from the Old Testament. Is the Old Testament true? Absolutely. But Jesus came to make corrections along the way. And those corrections, how many glad, so glad he made those corrections? I'm so glad that Jesus made those corrections. I'm so glad that Jesus, pardon the pun, I'm glad Jesus didn't leave us in the dark. He is the light of the world. God is not the God of the dead, but the living Abraham still lives. Isaac still lives. Jacob still lives. Moses still lives. Elijah still lives. Your loved ones that's gone on still live. And they're not asleep. 
God is not a babysitter of a bunch of sleeping saints. He's a God of resurrection, a God of life. Stand with me.